Good morning and welcome to Walking with Jesus Through the Word, one chapter per day. I'm Pastor Jason Van Bemmel from Forest Hill Presbyterian Church, and we have come to day number 154, which brings us in our reading to Leviticus chapter 9, as we're continuing with the actual um, implementation of the plans and, and purposes of the tabernacle that were given to Moses in Exodus, then it was actually built and consecrated and the priest consecrated, and now we're going to have the first worship service with the new tabernacle here in Leviticus chapter 9. By the way, if you're wondering what I'm drinking, I'm drinking homemade uh, diet soda that Catherine made with her new soda stream that she bought with some like birthday and Christmas money she had. Anyway, uh, it's pretty good. All right, Leviticus chapter 9, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your love for us. Thank you for your kindness to us. Pray, Father, that you would bless us as we turn to your word and that you would write your word on our hearts. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Leviticus chapter 9. On the eighth day, Moses called Aaron and his sons and the elders of Israel, and he said to Aaron, Take for yourself a bull calf for a sin offering and a ram for a burnt offering, both without blemish, and offer them before the Lord. And say to the people of Israel, Take a male goat for a sin offering, and a calf and a lamb, both a year old without blemish, for a burnt offering, and an ox and a ram for peace offerings, to sacrifice before the Lord, and a grain offering mixed with oil. For today the Lord will appear to you. And they brought what Moses commanded in front of the tent of meeting, and all the congregation drew near and stood before the Lord. And Moses said, This is the thing that the Lord commanded you to do, that the glory of the Lord may appear to you. Then Moses said to Aaron, Draw near to the altar and offer your sin offering and your burnt offering and make atonement for yourself and for the people and bring the offering of the people and make atonement for them as the Lord has commanded. So Aaron drew near to the altar and killed the calf of the sin offering, which was for himself. And the sons of Aaron presented the blood to him. He dipped his finger in the blood and put it on the horns of the altar, and poured out the blood at the base of the altar. But the fat, and the kidneys, and the long lobe of the liver, from the sin offering he burned on the altar as the Lord commanded Moses. The flesh and the skin he burned up with fire outside the camp. Then he killed the burnt offering, and Aaron's sons handed him the blood, and he threw it against the sides of the altar, and they handed the burnt offering to him piece by piece and the head, and he burned them on the altar. And he washed the entrails and the legs and burned them with the burnt offering on the altar. Then he presented the people's offering and took the goat of the sin offering that was for the people and killed it and offered, as a, as, offered it as a sin offering like the first one. And he presented the burnt offering and offered it according to the rule. And he presented the grain offering, took a handful of it, and burned it on the altar besides the burnt offering of the morning. Then he killed the ox and the ram, the sacrifice of peace offerings for the people, and Aaron's sons 
handed him the blood and threw it against the sides of the altar. But the fat pieces of the ox and the ram, the fat tail, and what that which covers the entrails and the kidneys and the long lobe of the liver, they put the fat pieces on the breasts and burned the fat pieces on the altar. But the breasts and the right thigh Aaron waved for a wave offering before the Lord, as Moses commanded. Then Aaron lifted up his hands toward the people and blessed them. And he came down from offering the sin offering and the burnt offering and the peace offerings. And Moses and Aaron went into the tent of meeting. And when they came out, they blessed the people and the glory of the Lord appeared to all the people. And fire came out from before the Lord and consumed the burnt offering and the pieces of fat on the altar. And when all the people saw it, they shouted and fell on their faces. Hmm. The Lord said he was going to appear, and he did. And the people saw his glory, and they responded in worship. So this is now the eighth day. So we have the seven days of consecration that it took to fully consecrate Moses and Aaron. And then notice the glory of the Lord appears on the eighth day. And I do think that's a parallel to the fact that Jesus rose from the dead on the eighth day. So he was, he was victorious and, and was declared to be the Son of God with power by his resurrection from the dead. And he rose from the dead on the eighth day, just as the glory of the Lord appeared here on the eighth day to the people. Again, all the sacrifices that we've been going over in the last several chapters, they all come together here at this first worship service. So you see all of them. So first for Aaron and his sons, there is the, the bull calf for a sin offering and a ram for a burnt offering. Aaron is the high priest. So because he is the covenant mediator between God and his people, he has the most costly sacrifice for his sin offering and burnt offering. You've got a bull calf and a ram, both without blemish. Those are basically the most expensive livestock that there would be, the most prized, the bull calf and the ram. And he offers them up. They have to be without blemish. And then for the people, there's a male goat for a sin offering and a calf and a lamb, both a year old without blemish for a sin offering and an ox and a ram for a peace offering to sacrifice before the Lord and a grain offering mixed with oil for today the Lord will appear to you. So all of these offerings that we've been seeing, the, the whole burnt offering is that which makes atonement. The sin offering is that which cleanses of defilement. The guilt offering is that which which really pays back. It's a, it's a restitutionary offering. The peace offering is that which is uh, really a celebration of the peace that has been made between God and his people. The grain offering is a tribute. It's, it's comparable to our tithe, where you're giving to the Lord uh, to declare how good he's been to you with the harvest of grain. And so all of these sacrifices. And again, you might ask, why all this blood? Why all these animals? Because each one of them is pointing to a different aspect of what Jesus did for us through his once-for-all atonement, or they're pointing to what we should be doing in worship in response to what Jesus did for us. So the whole burnt offering 
and the sin offering and the guilt offering principally point to what Jesus did for us. He made atonement for our sins. He removed the pollution, the filth of our sin, and he ransomed us. He redeemed us. He paid the price to set us free from the slavery to sin. So Jesus deals with the wrath of God against our sin. He deals with the pollution of our sin, and he deals with the bondage of our sin, all in his once for all sacrifice of us. And then there's a peace offering. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. He himself is our peace. And we share in the benefit and the blessing of the peace that he has made. I think we observe this when we gather around the Lord's table for the Lord's Supper, which we'll be doing, Lord willing, this coming Lord's Day at uh, Forest Hill. And so we will share in the one who said, I am your peace. And he gives us his body and his blood, of course, not literally physically, but they were fulfilled so that we can truly and spiritually feast upon Christ, who is our peace in our souls. And we bring to him the grain offering in form of our tithes and offerings. We also bring him a wave offering in the form of our praise. Hebrews 13 says, let us offer up to him a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that continually give thanks to his name. So there's a part that we play, but it's not the atoning part. It's not the removal of sin and the cleansing of guilt and the deliverance of the ransom price. That's not our part. That's Jesus has done all of that. Jesus has made peace and he himself is our peace. But we're still to give tribute, tithes and offerings. We're still to give thanks to God. We're still to wave uh, praise offering to God from our hearts. We are a living sacrifice unto the Lord. And so just as these sacrifices were consumed on the altar, we, as we live, we allow the Holy Spirit, we ask the Holy Spirit, we allow the Holy Spirit to fill us in such a way that we are day by day, breath by breath, heartbeat by heartbeat, a living sacrifice unto the Lord. So we see both pictures of Christ and pictures of our worship as we have observed. And I just want to focus on the end of this because all the details of these offerings, I feel like we've been through in previous chapters, but I just want to really focus on the end of this. And that is when all the sacrifices and all the offerings and everything's been done, then what's the last thing that happens in worship? They, Aaron, Moses come out and bless the people. The end of the worship service is a blessing from God to his people and that's the last word of the worship service. Worship service begins with a call to worship. And then we have the gospel where we remember the sacrifices of Christ and, and, and the giving and the hearing of the word and the sharing of the Lord's Supper. But the last thing is the blessing. And that's really the point. That's what it's all about. What it's all about is to get God's blessing, fellowship with God, peace with God, God's blessing upon our lives. And so they come out and they pronounce the blessing. When we get to Numbers 6, we'll hear the exact wording of the blessing that they, that Aaron and his sons were given to give them. But it's the glory of the Lord that appears to all the people as they are blessed. It's as they are blessed that the glory of the Lord appears to all the people and fire comes out and consumes the burnt offering and the pieces of fat. So they actually saw, similar to what would happen many, many years later with Elijah on Mount Carmel, the Lord actually demonstrates his glory and his presence by having fire come out and consume the offering in front of the people. And all the people saw it and they shouted and they fell on their faces. Now, here's the sobering point that I think we need to realize here. It's a great moment of triumph and victory. It's a great moment of glory 
and praise. But there's a little bit of a shadow hanging over this because we know the rest of the story. We know that not long after this, this same group of people will send out 12 spies to investigate the promised land. And even though they have seen the Lord deliver them from Egypt, drown the Egyptian army, come down with fire and smoke upon the mountain, show up gloriously at the consecration of the tabernacle and the beginning of the worship service, even though they've seen the power and glory and provision of God in manna from heaven and water from a rock and quail, over and over and over and over again, they will not believe the word of God, they will not trust God, and they refuse to go up and take the promised land when God commands them to go up. And then they try to go up without God's blessing, and of course they're driven back by their enemies. So this is a sobering warning to us. You may have seen God do wonderful things in your life, answers to prayer, provision for need. You may be so thankful, but here's what Here's what faith comes from and depends upon, the Word of God. Faith comes from hearing the Word of God. We are born again by the Word of God, and faith trusts in the Word of God. It's not signs and wonders. It's not outward visible things that we see or blessings that we receive. It's trusting in God, in His promises, in His Word, believing His Word. That's what we ultimately need. Christ has fulfilled the Word of God. Christ is the Word of God. Do we trust him? Do we trust his word? Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word, your son, the Lord Jesus Christ, who fulfilled your word, who is the word of God incarnate and who is our salvation. Father, strengthen our faith in Jesus. Help us to trust in him. Help us to trust in every word of your holy scripture, which is from you and for you and for our good. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, that's Leviticus chapter 9. Tomorrow we're going to continue right into chapter 10. Hope you can join us for that. Have a blessed day in the Lord. Mm -hmm.